I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back. It's the World Soccer Talk podcast, the only podcast that focuses on watching soccer on TV, online, and apps. In episode 109, we discuss Sky Sports News returning to US TV, Liverpool seals a deal with Sports Illustrated, Flow Sports clinches a deal to broadcast the CONCACAF Nations League, Telemundo announces Copa America TV coverage plans, plus letters from you, the listeners, in our mailbag section. My name is Christopher Harris, a.k.a. The Gaffer, and I'm joined today by my special uh, special guest, uh, Juan Narango. I was going to say special ghost, but uh, I think special guest sounds better. Right now I haven't had that much sun, so I might look like a ghost. It's forgiven. And I haven't had much sleep, so one of my kids has been sick, so it's uh, understandable. So Juan, for those listeners who uh, may not know you as well, I mean, you're a writer, you're a commentator, uh, you're a broadcaster. I mean, can you give us a a little bit of a background as far as uh, some of the places that you work for and and, and where people can find or or listen to you uh, during a regular week? Sure. Yeah. yeah. First of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, I mean, I, I do commentary for... For places like the Zone, I've done stuff with Be in Sports with um, ESPN regionally. I'm talking about uh, down here in South Florida, as far as um, ACC Network, as far as University of Miami. I also do a lot of the World Feed for Concacaf. Uh, I, I do a lot of uh, you know work as far as uh, writing. I'm the Latin American correspondent for Diario Sport in Barcelona, and uh, on occasion I do some stuff with Sportsmax as well both um, as an analyst and as a commentator so um yeah i I do all that stuff and plus on top of that i'm I'm one of the hosts over at beyond the pitch uh you know what that that very popular podcast as well not saying that yours isn't i'm just saying that you know ours isn't too shabby on our end as well and uh of course you can find me over on twitter at juan g underscore arango and uh instagram as well over at juan g arango so you know away we go i guess Absolutely, yeah, and, and beyond the pitch, we're big fans of. Uh, if you ever get a chance, listeners, uh, check out SoundCloud, especially. There's some really good interviews on SoundCloud um, mm-hmm. and beyond the, beyond the pitch. Uh, one of them, I mean, was you, Juan, with uh, Bruce Grabelar, 
uh, the former Liverpool uh, goalkeeper, yeah. just uh, the, the crazy knees, crazy legs guy. And uh, that was really interesting. I, I really enjoyed that one as well as many, many yeah, of the other ones it, we've done. It was, it was interesting what he had to say, especially when he was talking about, um, uh, you know, when when he was at war. You know, that, that was one of the things. I mean, part of yeah. the, part of the book that, that he that – he, his autobiography pretty much that he wrote. Uh, yeah, and that one, another one that's coming out, uh, I believe today is, is an interview with Helen Davidson of the guardian. She's been covering, uh, the Hakim Al-Araibi story mm-hmm. and, uh, what's been going on there and, and, uh, looking forward to that. And I have a couple of interesting guests. I'll, I'll mention them on social media in the very near future because many people will be rather interesting. Of course, have a, sh- a new show coming out as far as that beyond the pitch umbrella with, um, with Phil as well, so I'll, I'll keep that cool. in, under wrap. Yeah, now. yeah, sounds interesting. So, so for those listeners wondering, where's Kartik? Kartik actually is in London this week. Uh, he should be back in the states, I think, this weekend. So he'll be back on the podcast uh, next week. So right now he's uh, actually I was going to say braving the cold weather, but it's, it's not that cold in London. It's it's colder where most of the listeners are listening to this show, probably up north. So Juan, it's warmer in Antarctica right now than in some <laughs> yeah. place in the United States. So. Absolutely. All right, yeah. Juan. So, so th- let's take a look back this past week. And, uh, I mean, lots of soccer in store that, that I'm sure that you watched as well as I watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing you, uh, you probably watched a lot of stuff that's different than what I did, which is great. I mean, it's all about the beautiful game, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. no matter what league or what country. So, so what, what for you have you been watching this past week and what for you was, was interesting, uh, whether it's from production or commentating or just, or just pure enjoyment of the beautiful game? Uh, not only is it, I mean, we, we, we intersect in certain games here and there, but uh, right. the way I get it, because of course I, I, I've been a bit of a cord cutter in the past few years, is that uh, I've been able to listen to different commentaries from all over the world. Um, most of the games I, I listen I listen to aren't in English; they're in, in Spanish as well as Portuguese. Um, I, I get a lot of matches from ESPN Brazil. I also get a lot of matches from TNT in Argentina as well as ESPN, all those other networks, but from other parts of the world. And it's interesting that they, they kind of coincide when it comes to, I mean, one of the teams that's, that's being watched a great deal in South America, believe it or not, is Leeds United. Hmm. And, and uh, especially because of the Marcelo Bielsa effect. Yep. Um, you know, not, not many, I mean, people, people that know football know Leeds United. But no, very few people in South America followed Leeds United and, until this season. It's interesting to see that. Obviously, I didn't see any matches, but every time you'd see Sports Center or any of the, uh, the whether it's in Portuguese or in Spanish, there was always a Leeds United segment. Interesting. And that's one of the things that really, that re- it's, it's a bit of a phenomenon in that part of the world. And uh, obviously, we can talk about it in the future as far as how they saw the whole issue between him and Frank Lampard. In, in that area, and, and it was interesting to see that as well. But match-wise, it, it was mostly La Liga. It was mostly <clears throat> a lot of uh, Paulistão, a lot of Argentine League, some Bundesliga. There, there was a good spectrum of matches. And, and believe it or not, they show Serie A without having to pay for it, <laughs> as far as you know, compared to here in the United States, where you have to pay a, a special subscription through ESPN+. Plus. Uh, in Argentina, ESPN shows... City on matches on ESPN. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that, that, that's interesting too, Kart- uh, Kartik, uh, sorry, uh, Juan, because um, you're obviously watching coverage from, from South America oftentimes, as well as from America and the Caribbean probably too, from mm-hmm. around the world. What's, mm-hmm. what's your sense uh, of how the game is di- covered differently in Latin America, uh, t- television production-wise, um, in comment- commentary too, uh, and how that's different than what, say, the Anglo... I mean, what we're used to watching or listening to when, when we're watching, whether it's ESPN or whatever channel it is in the U.S. From a production standpoint, I'm talking about what you see. It's not that much different because obviously it's it's a world feed. Um, great example as far as what they add on to it. ESPN in Brazil, when they show the Premier League, uh, they have an on-pitch Uh, they're broadcasting the games they're doing them from Brazil from I want to say I want to say from Sao Paulo I'm not exactly sure where ESPN is in in Brazil I think it's Sao Paulo Um, but while they're doing the matches there they already have they have a a reporter on site they have a reporter on site talking hey this is what's going on and then they have also you know when when he was a manager at Manchester United, you have Jose Mourinho talking to the Brazilian press. Mm-hmm. Direct. I mean, as soon as the match is done, Mourinho would go straight to 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 Natalie Jedra at times. She's one of the reporters over at ESPN Brazil, and and, and he she she'd be the first person that Mourinho would talk to. Hmm. So you had a different you had a different type of of interaction compared to when you saw Mourinho in the press room, you know, in the mm-hmm. press conference. Yeah, he, he she wasn't going to question him too much, but you you heard a, a Mourinho that wasn't as as confrontational as as was as he was you know as in front of an entire press corps that was asking him questions both positive and negative. So so that was a little bit different. Um, you also had a post match where they would analyze it a little bit more. Now, here, here, the big difference where I did have seen things in Brazil as well as in Argentina especially is that halftime is where the co-commentator really shines mm-hmm. because instead of giving 10, 15 seconds to tell you what you know why something happened, they have pretty much a monologue that you can that they can go to, you know, four or five minutes where the highlights going on and he can he or she end up looking at a first half and saying, oh, you know, these things, these were the, some of the things that happened. Da, 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 and they start giving the points. And as soon as something coincides with the points as you, like this play where this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, da, 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 they start explaining the play itself as to why certain things happen. Of course, the statistics come afterwards. So so that's really the time for the co-commentator to really begin to shine and really begin to explain more in depth what was going on and give a more analysis, you know, more, mm-hmm. a more in-depth analysis, whether they become very technical or they can, you know, wax poetic uh, as far as that's concerned. But, but that was, those are some of the big differences that I see. Yeah, that's, it, it, that's huge. That's, that, that is, that, of, uh, that's a yeah, huge, that's a huge of, difference of, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of, of, of course the commentators itself, which is, you know, another point that could be, you know, pre pretty much extrapolate on a little bit you know more in, in a separate category uh, before we go go on to talk about the fa cup coverage i mean some of the espn coverage uh, espn plus coverage that i saw this past week <clears throat> now juan i mean you're bi- bilingual you mean you're fluent in spanish as well as english and, and, and other languages too but like 
going back to this past World Cup and going back to just um, some of the, in quotation marks, experiments that have been done with taking a Spanish language uh, commentator and trying to have him go ahead and do an English language commentary. So whether it's Jorge Perez uh, Navarro, um, I think Andres Canto has done, done that in the past too. Uh, Fernando Fiore hasn't done the commentary. He's more in, in the studio, but he's, he, he kind of flips back and forth sometimes between Spanish and English in some of the interviews he does. But how, how hard is it? How difficult is it to, to do that? I mean, is there, do you think there's a way to actually accomplish that and, and and also I guess the other question part of the question too is is that um, I mean it's diff- it's I would imagine it's a different style commentating in Spanish versus commentating in English so so how how difficult is that for say someone like Fox in the past have tried that tried it and it pretty much failed it just did not work what what are your thoughts on on that that whole dilemma. <sighs> To, I mean, you really have to start peeling, sh- sh- you know, skin, you know, or let, you know, layers from from that onion to really understand things a bit better. And, and one of the best people that was able to do it was, um, you know, and I'll get, is is one of my executive producers at the Zone. Um, he was asked about, okay, well, what should we do as far as um, coverage? League it doesn't get a lot of publicity, obviously, because it's, it's right now it's, it's struggling a great deal. Albeit the national team has had success of sorts. Um, he was asked about uh, the Chilean league coverage, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know what? We need somebody bilingual because, first of all, a a, a Latino, just like you know, an American or, or anybody else, doesn't like to hear names being mispronounced, mm-hmm. and doesn't like to hear a commentator that can't sell the story of the league." Whether it's a Premier League, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, you know the Chilean league, or, or whether it's you know MLS or, or any other league in the world, La Liga, whatever, you have to have a a commentator that can tell the story well with idiosyncrasies and everything. If you have a commentator that's just there, he doesn't know, or she doesn't know, it doesn't you know the, the people won't buy into it. There's not a sincerity to it. As far as, or or a, a potential to have a, a person fall in love with that league, if you just have them there and they're just okay, well, this is what's going on. You know, you have to have that little bit of extra. Sure. As far as Spanish commentary is concerned, there's a lot of different types of Spanish commentary now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most, at least here in the United States, the most common is the Mexican commentary. That, you know, people that aren't Mexican aren't too. They're not too fond of because. They end up going in different paradigms. They end up talking about different things. They they go off on tangents, and uh, you know that you know like Univision at times would use a three man booth that would change every thirty minutes, especially during the World Cup. The World Cup final had nine a nine man booth. Wow! And you didn't know when something was going on. All of a sudden, they'd switch, and another three man crew is there, and another three man crew. And then during extra time of Argentina, Germany, they start switching in five minutes, and you're like wait a second you know what's going on here you don't know who's talking mm-hmm. and uh, that was that's something that in mexico they do often they'll do two commentators where one will do 45 minutes the other one will do 45 minutes i've done matches at univision in english where they try to do it and it doesn't fit as well yeah um, a, a lot of idiosyncrasies in spanish don't translate over very well forget in english they definitely don't but in in, in some countries in, in in latin america a mexican commentator is no way in hell going to be able to translate his idiosyncrasies to Argentina. They're like, you're ridiculous. <laughs> the ones that do is, is, is the, 
the, the, the so-called river plate style of commentary in, in, in South America, which is, you know, the Argentines and the Uruguayans, in my opinion, the best commentators in, 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 in the game uh, in Spanish. Now, in English, you, you know, that's more of a subjective type of issue. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're more they, – they have a combination of telling you what's going on, obviously, telling you why it's going on as, as well. And many of them don't even talk to you about what's going on with the ball because they're talking about how the other person's kind of, you know, as far as his angling, as far as how he's standing to receive the ball. So he's already hmm. telling you what's going on around. Oh, by the way, the left back over on the far side is going here while the left back, you know, it's not just how right. many people that don't speak Spanish think it's just like he's just rattled. It's like, oh, you know, so-and-so zero, by the way, the guy the right back on the right side is making a run in the middle while the one on the left side is, you know, dropping back. And then, oh, look at the midfield. Oh, watch out with the run. If he goes down the right side, side. You know, he's doing that. He's, he's setting up the play while – but there's 20 million other pieces going on. He's setting up the most important ones. Hey, watch out with that long ball in the middle. If he goes in that direction, that could be where the goal is. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So they're, they're, doing, they're doing all that yeah. in, in, in one breath, essentially. Because of everything that else is going on, it's not just hey, Messi has the ball and he's running and he's dribbling. No, it's Messi has the ball. Oh, watch out with Luis Suarez, who's 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 setting himself up to be able to make the run because you have you know Jordi Alba going down the left side or something along those lines to be able to do that. It's it, 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 I mean it, it's just that question alone yeah. could probably be a podcast. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to be as yeah we want to be as brief as possible. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll have you on in the future as far as kind of just a special yeah. episode that just talk that delves into that because it actually, is it is a Andy huge topic. West, I have Andy West on next week, so we're going to be talking about that as well. So, I, yeah. And, and and that's the thing though too, uh, Juan is is that this is such a hot topic just because of in terms of you mean the rising Hispanic population in the United States mm-hmm. and a lot of the U.S. broadcasters looking for a way to kind of uh, basically attract a bilingual audience. Uh, I mean, many of us, our listeners, many of them mm-hmm. who are gringos that watched uh, mm-hmm. whether whether it's Mundo or Univision for the past couple of World Cups. I mean, mm-hmm. so it it is a hot topic, and it's uh, and and it's it's slowly improving. And, and I'll say because mm-hmm. of my experiences, uh, I mean, I've had I've had people tell me you sound too ethnic. Hmm. I mean, I've had I've had people in broadcast say you know try and Americanize it a little bit more. You remember, you're in America. You know, uh, you know, we, we we do things like Americans here. You know, you need to be a little bit more American in your commentary. And I'm like, what does that mean? Right. So I mean, I mean, it could mean uh, so many different things to so many different people, depending yeah, on what on what they're right. Especially nowadays, that that that's a hot, another hot topic as well. But but it's getting better, and and uh, and I see people being able to ex- not just I guess accept is kind of a you know it's not, not giving it justice. It's just like. Hey, you know what? I like that style. I like that thing. I've, I've had people say, you know what? There's times that people do commentary in Spanish. I just listen to it because in Spanish it just sounds, it has a better dynamic to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, well, not, you know, it sounds more exciting. And, 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 and I've I've heard that not just here in, in in the U.S. When I was doing World Cup analysis with Sportsmax, they would tell me the same thing too. You know, so so it, it, it's just it's just again, it, you know, there's a saying in Spanish, you know. It, Tastes, you know, or actually, for 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 different types of palettes, you know, that's what the colors are for. That's true. That's very true. So, so in terms of some of the the the, uh, the games I've been watching this past week, mm-hmm. uh, usually Juan, I usually watch uh, a little bit of La Liga, a little bit of Liga mm-hmm. Me- X, Liga Mekis, mm-hmm. Serie A, etc. This past week, I was knee deep. I was drowning in a good way in, in FA mm-hmm. Cup coverage. Um, 
I practically probably saw about half a dozen FA Cup games, maybe more. Um, and, it, and for me too, I mean, and, and for a lot of listeners, I think it's a special time of the year. It's, you I mean the the actual football itself is not great, but the the David versus Goliath, um, the scene of these small stadiums, these small teams, and just the hope of mm-hmm. of, of a small team maybe battling through and beating a giant. It's really kind of a romantic affair. And uh, watching the ESPN Plus coverage um, has been great in terms of being able to pick and choose Mm -hmm. any of the games. All the games are available through live streaming. Uh, Some of the things I noticed was that uh, the FA Cup coverage seemed to be improved. Uh, IMG... As, as the, um, I mean, the, the the company that's responsible for actually, uh, I mean, getting the crews out into the field and the commentators and all mm-hmm. all the production side of things, um, their, their coverage has, has improved. Halftime during a lot of the games, there were highlights of some of uh, what happened earlier in the day. Uh, the other interesting thing, though, too, in the past, I think that um, halftime for FA Cup coverage through the world feed there usually wasn't anything and no, no analysis and no, no kind of uh, you mean no discussion at all it was kind of okay we're just going to come back to the feeds just at the beginning of the second half uh mm-hmm. but throughout all the fa cup coverage uh, globally and th- through espn plus for us mm-hmm. uh, there were you know highlights of the first half there was uh, a little bit of analysis from the the co-commentator not not as much as uh, in in south america i'm sure mm-hmm. but there was a little least um if you're watching on ESPN Plus, it didn't feel that you were missing out as much as in maybe seeing previous weeks where halftime there was just nothing going on. Um, out of all the yeah. games, my favorite was definitely Barnet against Brentford. And this was a game I think, I think Kartik picked out. Yeah, you're, you're going, you're going hardcore. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> this was. No, but, but, but it was. But it was. I mean, I, I, saw, I saw. Oh, you that, saw it? I didn't see the match itself. Okay. The highlights of it. And it just seemed like it was a wild one. I mean, oh my gosh! You know, it yeah. was back and forth. Both teams were really going at it, and uh, you know, just just to see it. You know, I mean, it, it didn't come out. You know, it came out. What is it? It was a three-three draw or something like that. Yeah, three-three draw. But it was. Yeah. But yeah. Still, I mean, that, that's the excitement of it as well. That's, oh yeah. You know, that's the flavor of it. Yeah, and to me, it was it was pure soccer in terms of just like like you said, just a crazy game. Um, but even also, it's a small stadium. Uh, the fans were going nuts, so there wasn't much security or stewards there. They're probably not used to having so many people in the stadium. So the fans had, you mean, flares and smoke bombs going off, and you know, they were you know, jumping up and down, going crazy. Uh, it didn't feel like a, an FA Cup game in terms of uh, the fan base. The fan base seemed a lot more excitable. Um, seemed like more, it was like, a, it wasn't Superliga Argentina with a... Uh, no, 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 Book no, River, no. Book River, or anything yeah, yeah. like that. But it, it was really good, a really good game, just a really end-to-end action. Just uh, yeah, so it's go, going deep yeah. on that one, but just a fantastic yeah, you didn't game. Feel like you were going to die in that match. That's the, you know, <laughs> that's 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 a good thing, right? Um, I, I liked I liked um, a couple of matches. Uh, you know, I, I saw bits. Of, I mean, I end up a lot of times not watching entire matches, but bits and pieces of it because sometimes I'm watching two or three simultaneously. Yeah, uh, I think you know the Arsenal United match was good just to see the way United have been able to turn it around ever since you know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has come in. Yeah, it's just it's just it just shows you how amazing things are with with players at this level mentally. You know, to just see them also and just you know say okay, fine, now now we're working. And, and of course, you could start being a little suspicious of of, of them uh, wanting to get rid of Mourinho. That's another story, but still. 
uh, it just shows you, you know, how, how a coach and the way he communicates with, with his players really can change the way that they see things. And Arsenal, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, it's just a team that's struggling so bad. Again, and we want to take it from a production side. I, I, I enjoyed the production. I enjoyed, uh, you know, what, what what I saw from that match. And it's it's, it's something that, you know, that, that to be honest with you, it, it, as far as the production overall and how things are packaged, um, in football terms, uh, I mean, I don't know if there's there's many countries like England as far as that's concerned. Uh, uh, you know, you, you can look at it from other perspectives and, and see what other countries are doing different things. But as far as how, how it's presented to you mm-hmm. and then the impression you get as, as Joe fan, uh, England England's right there. England's probably the best, if not one of the best in, in the world as far as doing that. Yeah, it's, to me, it's it's very clean in terms of the production mm-hmm. values. It's um, you know, I mean, it's 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 what you want to watch. It's it's very reliable, consistent. Consistency is probably the best word in terms of what you're getting. You're kind of whether it's you know, in the Premier League or, or the FA Cup or whatever it may be. It's it's consistent uh, level of quality. Uh, it's 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 very rare that you'll get some stray camera angle or, or some, some something strange. It, it is very clean. Watching the FA Cup this past week, though, Juan, I kept on thinking to myself, like, I mean, this could be, why can't the, the U.S. Open Cup be like this? You mean, the U.S. Open Cup, you have the same David versus Goliath. I mean, that, that, that's the, that's a, probably a topic for another podcast, too. You can do a whole podcast yeah, yeah. on that. But um, that was the thought in my head. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm enjoying these games, these lower level teams against these higher opposition teams. And this could be something that the U.S. Open Cup did uh, could could become if it had the investment and had the accountability somebody kind of managing it that's going to actually make it into a success um yeah, I mean, and, but it's been held back know, yeah we also know how 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 lower level teams are treated in this part of the world compared to that part of the world yep and and how how inclusive and i'm just talking about money wise i'm not even talking about uh player wise i'm just talking about you know financially how how inclusive all those, all, you know, those other smaller or lower level leagues have been treated in the grand scheme of things compared to how they're being treated here in the United States now. Mm-hmm. So, again, that that has a lot to do with it as well. So, I mean, you can go both ways with it, yeah. So, uh, I'm going to play a clip here. This is uh, from John Champion. This was the mm-hmm. Manchester City against Newcastle game mm-hmm. on Tuesday. This was mm-hmm. the, the final game that John Champion's commentating in England uh, in the Premier League. Um, he's going to be heading to ESPN on a, as a full-time job to commentate MLS games. Um, there is a possibility, perhaps, that he might go back to England if his schedule allows and he has time and and then has an opportunity to go back to England. And if there's a Premier League game on, that he could commentate on a, on a freelance basis. Mm-hmm. But it's unlikely. So, so I've got um, a clip of mm-hmm. the uh, NBCSN broadcast of the last you know, last minute or two of John Champion on his final call officially in the Premier League. So let's go ahead and uh, cue that up.
whistles. Yeah, and there you go, John Champion. I, I, I got goosebumps just listening to that one. Um, just the history of him. I mean, he's almost like the poet laureate of uh, football commentary mm-hmm. from an English perspective. You mean just uh, mm-hmm. somebody who doesn't talk too much during games and uh, it's very eloquent, um, very precise with his words and captures the excitement. And, and it's somebody that's been with the Premier League since... Gosh, I think the eighties uh, in some well first division back then, but mm-hmm. in some some form, and uh, before the Premier League was even the Premier League, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So going from radio commentary to working with several different uh, broadcasters, and now mm-hmm. coming to the United States with ESPN. So that, that'll be interesting to see. But there's this final last few words officially uh, on the Premier League, and uh, he will be missed. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, those types of commentators are the ones that you know are, 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 are give you a little bit more flavor to to the game. I mean, obviously, um, I mean, and it goes for everybody in, in different languages as well. But I would, of course, he he's he's been one of the people that I haven't heard him much, but <laughs> but I, but you know, people kind of hey man, you know, John Champion. He you know him and him and uh, I remember one of my producers in Jamaica, Pizza Drury. Oh, you know, I was like, okay, all right, dude. Okay, cool, man. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, over there, Peter, especially this this past year, I mean, he's been looked, I mean, Peter Drury, and, and I was Peter Drury to death <laughs> while I was yeah. in Jamaica. And, uh, you know, he, he was looked at as an eminence over there. He, like, you know, hey, you know, he's, 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 Commentary incarnate, as far as you know, mm. as far as people in the Caribbean are concerned. Yeah, and with John Champion now leaving the Premier League, mm. it, it really puts Peter Drury in that top spot as far as mm-hmm. the uh, love him or hate him. There's a lot of people that, that don't like his style, but but uh, yeah, but, but here, here's here's the thing about about a love him or hate him. Uh huh. And, and I learned this the hard way. If you're hated, that means you're doing something right. Right. Yeah. If no one's talking about you at all, that's that's not a yeah, good sign. Yeah, yeah, that's not a good sign. Yeah, that's not a good thing. <laughs> right. You know. Totally. All right, let's move on to uh, TV streaming news. Uh, mm-hmm. First up is uh, Sky Sports News is returning to U.S. television uh, today. This is the day we're recording this podcast on Thursday on NBCSN. So as of last year, uh, Comcast uh, acquired Sky Television for mm-hmm. $39 billion. A huge deal there. But um, as part of that acquisition, now, now a lot of the listeners have uh, been paying attention to the Premier League broadcasts, have seen Sky Sports uh, and NBCSN working more closely together. We've had some segments where we've, we've had Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher on set. Uh, not much, but this is the, bit, the first big uh, move. And uh, it means that uh, on Thursday afternoon that we're going to get three hours of Sky Sports news, the transfer deadline day, live yeah. simulcast on NBC, NBCSN. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if, if it's an exciting day with lots of uh, crazy transfers, um, it'll be good television. Uh, even on a boring day, on previous uh, Sky Sports uh, transfer deadline days, they always make it exciting. They're very sensational, which is very much not NBCSN style. But uh, for a lot of the listeners, this is going to be some good news. And so definitely tune in to NBCSN on Thursday. Yeah, but of course. But one of the I I, I got to throw out some some love in that direction to a good friend of mine, David Garrido, um, over at Sky. You know, he's he's one of the guys that really gives you a different perspective as far as the you know transfers, as far as all the news is concerned. And of course, he, he has a La Liga show in in Spain in in England as well. 
but uh, you know, re- really, really good group of individuals there over at Sky Sports that really mm-hmm. can can give you a, a much more local perspective, a much more um, in depth perspective, in addition to what NBC is already doing with the Premier League. Yeah, definitely. And, and also, mm-hmm. I mean, there's Sky Italia, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some great uh, analysts there. Is, 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 is that going to be part of it as well? The, the Sky, no. Or, or is it just uh, what's, what's going on in the UK? Good question. So, so they bought all of Sky Television, but I'm not sure in terms of, say, if Sky Italia, if that is partly owned by Sky, but then also owned by some of the Italian uh, television companies. That I'm not sure. Like media, but but there's probably well, that, an, be interesting. yeah there's probably an opportunity to kind of uh, even if they don't own Sky Italia there's probably an opportunity to go ahead and, ahead and leverage some of that uh, in the future if they ever did need need to do so um, mm-hmm. but yeah I I know Sky Sports News oftentimes if it's a a big story say well uh, Gonzalo Higuain's already uh, finished but as far as the transfer but if there's a tra- transfer deadline day and they need to go to somebody in Italy to get some expert opinion they'll go to one of the Sky Italia correspondents but uh, yeah we'll have to wait and see what happens there it'll be uh, a good one to um, to check out so next up in news is that Sports Illustrated um, their paid streaming platform which is called SITV uh, mm-hmm. Which they have some some interviews, some um, some exclusive content there that's available on a subscription basis. They've acquired a deal uh, with Liverpool FC to go ahead and provide full match replays of Liverpool games. So this would be Liverpool in the Premier League, Liverpool in Champions League, Liverpool in any competition. Essentially, what they would provide yeah. is uh, opportunity for to catch a full replay of that game. I believe the day after the match has has ended. Uh, it's a deal that's actually, I believe. Let me see. Let me pull this up here. So, so, so it's no longer on Nesson then. I don't think so. Yeah, NESN, right? So it sounds yeah. like it's more like almost like the Liverpool TV um, coverage, where you have access to the Liverpool TV platform, mm-hmm. um, and SITV has that now. Uh, it says yeah. that. Um, According to Sports Pro, uh, one of the industry publications, they estimate that uh, a deal like this is probably uh, replay rights is what it is to, to a full season of a matches uh, from a club is estimated uh, to be valued at one point six million dollars. Yeah, this is, I mean, but this is the first time it goes to like to, to like streaming service because there's been other channels that have had like Arsenal TV, yeah. Uh, Milan TV, AC Milan TV, you know, Manchester United TV. That's yeah. Uh, this, I think, the first time a streaming service has it. Yeah, which is which is big news. I mean, the the thing though to me is that if I'm a fan of Liverpool mm. FC, I'm watching these games live, and if I'm not watching them live, I'm recording them and then watching them when I get home mm. that evening. So if it's Champions League, I can't wait until the day the next day. If it's the Premier League, I can't wait until you know the day after to, to watch that game. Um, yeah, exactly. So or that, or whenever whenever that. that you know, like whenever Arsenal TV or whenever Liverpool TV airs on that respective channel, you have, you might have to wait until Thursday for that for that for to see that or you know or Barcelona right. TV, Real Madrid TV as well for that matter. Yeah, right. so you, sometimes you have to wait until Wednesday to to see the the rear of the match, and that's that's ridiculous as well. Now, yeah, so one point six million dollars, if the, if that is mm-hmm. roughly the the amount of money that Sports Illustrated spent on this, is I don't think a wise investment. Obviously, what they're trying to do is get more people to subscribe to their SITV paid subscription mm-hmm. service. 
Um, I don't think this is the way to do it, but maybe maybe it works. Maybe Liverpool fans say, hey, I'm sure there'll be some additional coverage too from Liverpool, so maybe this is a way for fans to get that. But then again, they can access Liverpool uh, FC TV directly uh, through, I think, the Roku and I think also through the website. So... Yeah, this is a strange one, but but anyway, that, that, that's the news. Sports Illustrated, SITV. Yeah, but I mean, but it, but it's an added incentive to the people who already have that, who already have True. that service. So True. So I mean, you know, I mean, you have to continue giving them. You know, I mean, pro- what people or fans also under, I mean, the, the market understands now is that if you just if you just offer X amount of of, of benefits, mm-hmm. after a while, people are like, okay, that's it. Because I want more because of the competition. Yeah, the competition is always evolving. You're like, oh, this is all I get. Am I going to get anything else? And after a while, you pay this for the same thing over and over and over again. You say, well, I need, I want something else for my money. So they have to continue adding on and taking off, and it it depends on what the market's asking for. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're asking for this though. But but again, we'll have to wait and see, and then I guess the numbers will speak for themselves in the future. Of course, yeah. Next up in the news is an interesting news item. This is that CONCACAF has signed a multi-year partnership deal with Flow Sports, which is a streaming service. Uh, They've got a soccer streaming service called Flow FC. Uh, You may remember that Flow Sports was in the news recently for acquiring the the local uh, broadcast rights to DC United in the DC area. Yeah. So, so this deal between CONCACAF and Flow Sports uh, grants the streaming service the exclusive English-language U.S. broadcast rights to the CONCACAF Champions League, uh, except for the uh, games involving the U.S. men's national team in the group stage, which will be on either ESPN uh, and or Fox. Uh, this deal runs through 2022. Uh, Flow Sports says that uh, more than 200 games of this competition will be broadcast live on Flow FC uh, over the course of the deal. And uh, the co-founder of Flow Sports, uh, Mark Floriani, says that the company is investing well into eight figures into the partnership, declining to further comment on financial details of the deal. Juan, what's, what's your take on this one? I'm glad because I do a lot of those commentaries. So, yeah. so for, sure. me, for me, uh, I mean, I mean, we have to see also Mexico. Mexico's not going to you know, U.S. is not going to get you know so you know, so much of a better deal as far as having their games on ESPN and Fox, uh, and Mexico's not. So you know, most likely we'll see Mexico's games will be on on Telemundo and or Univision. So I mean that that's going to also also be a factor, and we'll see how that how that goes as well. Um, who knows? I, I, yeah. that, that's interesting though. But I mean, for for personal reasons, I had heard already that for the past couple of months. There were dealings in the works as far as, uh, you know, a distributor. And, and that helps out because one of the things when the Nations League began, hey, where can we watch these matches? Where can we see our country? You know, be it Honduras, El Salvador. Oh, Honduras wasn't it, but El Salvador, um, Jamaica. Um, uh, you, I mean, other other countries uh, it's, it's that, that, uh, that I'm slipping off the top of my head i'm trying to you know even cuba even even the smaller teams you know um we 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 did the production company that that's been in charge of it especially with guyana matches uh they've really done a good job there because they've had a a two-man booth they've had a a commentator and then they've had an analyst and most of the cases have been chris nurse uh, on the call who who to me is going to be tremendous in the booth and and i think that he's he has a very promising future in this business as well 
But uh, they've given that audience in particular a, a great view or a great vantage point um, about the national team as well. He's taught us a great deal about the guy in the national team as well. So, so that, that right. overall, you're going to be able to get a, a feel for that in English, hopefully in Spanish as well eventually. Uh, there's a lot of matches that are being commentated in, uh, in CONCACAF Nations League in Spanish as well. In theory, uh, I like this deal in that mm-hmm. you mean you can have now have access to the games. You mean from any of the teams competing in this Concacaf Nations League mm-hmm. uh, competition, which there are many countries involved in this. So, um, in practice, though, in, in business reality, I, I don't see this working. Just because, I mean, so if it's the Turks and Caicos playing um, a, a Guyana or something like that, which which might be a, a, of an interest to people from those countries. Um, I don't see that. Th- I mean, th- there's going to be some games that will get some some large interest and large viewing numbers, but overall, I just see. I mean, if if Flow Sports, if the co-founder is saying that he spent over ten million dollars in this partnership to acquire these rights, and all of the U.S. men's national team group stage games are not included in this deal, uh, the later rounds are, which is, which is good news. But mm-hmm. I just don't see the math working here. I mean, this is definitely. A huge investment from from their point of view, and um, I'm sure they're thinking about the long term. I'm sure they're tra- probably trying to think like SITV is too, where they're thinking, okay, okay, what other rights can we acquire to strengthen Flow FC as as a streaming platform? And this is probably one of the one, the, the few that's that, that's out there that's available to them. And uh, I don't know, I just don't see the math in this one. It, it, also, the Concacaf yeah. Nations League, the tournament itself. Is a brand new tournament. Um, mm. I mean, even with the UEFA Nations League, yes, there's interest in the Concacaf Nations League, but I mean, it's an unproven vehicle. Yeah, we don't know if this is going to be of interest to the, to to the fans, to the viewers. Yeah, and, and and you and you have also teams that are more marketable in in, in the UEFA Nations League compared to to Concacaf. And, and just be honest, yeah, for um, sure. As far as now, when you start bringing in the teams like the six teams that weren't in the tournament, the six teams that were part of the hexagonal in the last World Cup round, we'll see if there's a little bit added interest into it. But And, and we're also going to see how much emphasis are, are put in the different leagues, how, how much emphasis is going to be put in League A compared to League C, how, many, how much emphasis is going to be in League B, um, how, how much of, of that emphasis is going to be placed on on – I mean, are there going to be additional things added to this package? Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see because because of how 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 this how this can turn up, and also how how much of an emphasis Concacaf itself is putting on this tournament, because and what they're looking to do in the long term, which is in speaking to people within Concacaf, is is looking to try and make the weak links stronger in in order to make Concacaf more competitive from top to bottom. Yeah, this this is a tournament, uh, Juan. That even if Flow FC or Flow Sports went ahead and offered this for free and said, "Okay, we're going to open this up, and for the first twelve months, we're going to have this available for free to everyone," I don't think there's that much interest even at that level. Now, when you're asking people to actually pay for it and, and to try to figure out, okay, what is Flow Sports? What is Flow FC? How does this work? You know, where is it available? Is it on streaming device? Is it on my my tablet, my phone? My Roku. I mean, nobody knows about about this company really, for the most part. If you're a soccer fan, uh, until very recently, until the last week, uh, and then asking them to pay however many dollars it's going to be, that's a huge yeah. obstacle to overcome. And uh, I mean, it, I mean, it, it can be something innovative, or it could end up being like what we've seen in England with Eleven. 
So, yep. I mean, it, yep. it's, it's, it, it can go either way, but you know, if they don't put out their product, if they don't put out a product, then that that's where they're behind the eight ball. So, yeah, speak- we have to see how it turns out. Yeah, speaking of Eleven Sports too, just just a, a note to add this mm-hmm. to the listeners is so that Eleven Sports is a streaming service and, and a TV service also in some countries, mm-hmm. but a c- streaming service in the UK, and they've lost the rights to Serie A, um, and also they have the rights to La Liga until the end of the season. But uh, the rights for Serie A in the UK have gone to premium sports. Uh, they've been taken over uh, from 11 Sports. So a lo- lot of turmoil and changes there. Moving on, uh, next news item is that uh, Telemundo has uh, released some more details about their Copa America coverage for the 2019 tournament. That's uh, coming up this summer from June 14th to July 7th. Uh, they will broadcast all 26 matches live in Spanish on Telemundo, uh, Universo, and uh, Telemundo Deportes' app and digital platforms. Uh, in terms of some of the um, the talent that's going to be working on this, uh, it'll be everyone from uh, Miguel Gerowitz to uh, Andres Cantor, uh, Viviana Villa, and um, Manuel Sol, uh, Copan Alvarez, Erasmo Provenza, and uh, Sami Sardovnik. So, um, so definitely, uh, for those people who watched uh, the World Cup, it's going to be a very familiar uh, cast of characters in terms of the coverage, and that will kick off uh, this summer. The, the big question is the English language rights, and uh, no one as of yet has acquired the rights to this competition in English language. And uh, as somebody who's been talking within the industry, I would, I would look to either DAZN or ESPN+. Plus as a possible uh, destination for that, but uh, it's still too yeah, early to you know, tell. That, that, would, that would probably end up being, you know, that, that's all going to be world feed at that point, if it's, yeah. if it's one of those. So uh, I'm, I'm just telling you because right now, no one knows who's going to be producing that uh, that, that that event as of yet. There, there really hasn't been a decision as to which company is going to be able to you know, produce everything from site. Uh, there's been rumors that Global might take it over. There, there's... HBS for sure. I've already spoken to HBS. They are not doing it because they are doing Gold Cup, which is going on pretty much simultaneously as Copa America. So no one has really stepped up as far as you know the company that's going to be producing the world feed for it as of yet. That's going to be mm-hmm. interesting because the time time's really really running out, and and all at least and, and nobody's giving nobody said oh it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. But all signs right now point that most likely global will take that over because global, global is just a huge monster of of, 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 a, of, a, of a company mm-hmm. um, with with so many interests within football inside of, inside of Brazil that it's it's just mind boggling. But uh, but it looks like it. But there could be changes as far as that's concerned, as far as the Copa America coverage and the eventual world feeds that would be sent, you know, throughout. Yeah, definitely. In addition to the Gold Cup, too, there's the Women's World mm-hmm. Cup. At the same exact time, it's going to be a busy month of soccer. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, not, not just for viewers, but for the uh, production people out there and just uh, oh, even commentators. Work, sure. Yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good summer. All right, so let's move on to TV. Now, right? here, well, before, yeah, uh, sure, go ahead. Interesting that you say that because ESPN, uh, I don't think MLS is stopping. Well, MLS, MLS is only stopping for the first two weeks of Copa America. So it'll be interesting to see, especially when you have all the friendlies going on. It's interesting to see yeah. if, if ICC is going on at the same time as the first stages of Copa America, Copa America and Gold Cup, which has already happened, happened in 2017. 
And, um, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting because that, that, that ends up leaving a lot of people wondering, you know, what to watch and when to watch it. And some things will be on, on simultaneously. True. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy summer for sure. You, mm-hmm. You're absolutely right there, uh, Juan. Mm-hmm. So, so TV ratings wise, uh, not a lot to report from this past week. I mean, most of the games were on ESPN Plus in terms of the FA Cup, mm-hmm. so we don't have access to those numbers. Two games that did come out in terms of um, some something of worth mentioning was the USA against Panama game, which which we didn't even mention on ESPN two on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, from eight to ten p.m. Eastern. Uh, Five hundred forty-five thousand viewers. Which uh, it's prime time um, on a Sunday, uh, but but to me that's actually a good number. I was actually surprised that uh, that many people tuned in. Obviously, a lot of people wanting to see how uh, Greg Berhalter did in his first game. Uh, it's a U.S. squad that was essentially a C squad, a C team against Panama, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I watched the first and ten- a D, <laughs> a D Panama side, and a D a D Panama side exactly. I watched the yeah. first ten minutes of this game. Um, the cavernous stadium with uh, so few fans in it. The acoustics were horrible, um, and it's also it was interesting. I, I, full credit to the the cameraman that worked this game because they kept the angles so tight there weren't a lot of shots of hardly any shots of uh, kind of wide expansive shots of the stadium or many crowd shots it was all kind of very tight on the game itself so you didn't see I mean the acres and acres of, of empty seats um, but after about ten minutes I kind of uh, just just really lost interest in this game didn't really have an interest to watch in the rest of it uh, how about you Juan mm-hmm. I, I I didn't I, I didn't watch it. Um... But the few the few things that are the few highlights that I did see, it was it was I mean yeah it was, it was that the, the the camera work that I saw from from the highlights of IDSPN, um, but I also thought about it cavernous being you know the ticket prices that they had put for these for these types of games and future games for that matter as far as the U.S. national team is concerned um, that that's that's a bit preoccupying as well from for for fans mm-hmm. um, yeah you know yes now I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you on this one is it me or does ESPN get better ratings overall compared to Fox for sure because for, because, yeah. because because the the way I see it I see a much more balanced coverage I see a much more uh uh not unbiased. I guess that's the wrong word to use, but but more informative or willing to inform type of, of, of broadcast compared to a more nationalistic, more USA rah 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 type of thing that you see at Fox. Yeah, absolutely. So so we we've uh, we've seen that we've, we've talked about that a little yeah. bit in, on previous episodes. Where just taking even just MLS games as an example on, on a Sunday night, and you've got mm-hmm. a. A mid-afternoon Sunday game uh, on ESPN uh, for whatever MLS team it is. It's a big game, mm-hmm. and at, at night, prime time, you've got a, on FS1. You've got a big MLS game featuring big MLS teams, and you would think that the numbers would be pretty similar. I mean, the number of viewers that have access to ESPN2 versus FS1 are pretty similar. They're very close. Uh, so you think that the actually viewing numbers would be very similar? There's there's a distinct difference. I mean, uh, roughly anywhere from a hundred to two hundred thousand less viewers watching games on FS1 than on ESPN or ESPN2. So yeah, absolutely. So whether that is a comfort level where people are more likely to tune into ESPN2, or whether that is the actual coverage itself where ESPN 
sometimes can be a little bit more critical or a little bit more realistic where with Fox they can be a little bit more cheerleady or just kind of a little bit more fake at times uh, or whatever it may be whether it's Lexi Lala so you there's so many different variables but consistently especially the last 12 months for MLS broadcasts at least there's been a big difference and I'm sure if we went back and looked at the US men's national team numbers too uh, we would see a similar trend too where the games on ESPN2 or ESPN um on average, get a lot more viewers than those same games or those same type of games on on, on FS1. One more yeah, point. It, it was just it was just an observation that I saw. I didn't. Yeah, no. I didn't have any numbers to back me, but you you usually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, it, it's something. Um, I'm sure the people at Fox are scratching their heads uh, why it's that happening that way, and probably well, MLS well, well, too. Well, one of the reasons why is that they were very adamant about making the game more American. True. You know they 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 were adamant, and, and people that have that have worked in with with that production, with their World Cup production and other productions, they've been adamant about their commentators being more American, mm-hmm. first and foremost. And I can tell you that from from what I've heard from people as far as um, the feedback that they've received. Oh, well, you know, remember that we're in America and we have to do this and we have to do that. And, uh, you know, this is not England and this is not this place and this is not the other. And we don't do certain things. And, and they want you to not use certain things that you would, you know, so as a commentator, you have to end up adapting a little bit more to what they're looking for instead of what you think is necessary for the fans to understand the game a little bit better. Yeah, and uh, John Champion, the hiring of John Champion for mm-hmm. the ESPN as as the lead commentator for the MLS broadcast flies in the face of that because it is very much ESPN's more of, say, a cosmopolitan, um, mm-hmm. lots of different ethnicities, totally. people different from around the world, whether it's South America or Europe or North America totally. versus uh, Fox that's very US-centric. One more uh, TV rating, and that's this is a this is a really good number. This is uh, Borussia Dortmund against Hanover on FS1 for the Bundesliga uh, on Saturday from 9:30 to 11:30, 136,000 viewers. And I say that's a good number because it's so rare that we get numbers over 100,000 for the Bundesliga on English language channels. And uh, this is now two weeks in a row where this has happened. Uh, two weeks ago, or last week, it was Bayern Munich. This week, this week. Um, Borussia Dortmund, so that's that's good numbers for Fox. Now let me let me ask you why. I mean, why is that? I mean, yeah, I've asked that question before, and I ask you because I've never really been able to get a concrete answer as far as that's concerned. Because if there's if there's a league that has done everything and then some to promote themselves in the best manner possible, it's been the Bundesliga, Mm -hmm. and on top of that, they have very good commentators, um, you know, such as you know. You start looking at guys like Derek Ray, uh, Kevin Hatchard, uh, Dan O'Hagan, and guys that I, I, I've not only heard but I've also worked with, and they're they're tremendous commentators. Yeah, the, I, I can tell you why, and and, and and that's the thing though. The Bundesliga does even like stats packs where they provide the yeah. commentators with some some great. I mean, the, the Bundesliga does everything right. Uh, the one thing that they do wrong, which is the main reason why the numbers aren't as big as as they could be, is it clashes directly with the Premier League. Every time that the Bundesliga puts a game on, the, the schedule is set in stone and it, it, it clashes exactly with the Premier League. So this past Saturday with the Borussia Dortmund game getting some higher ratings there mm-hmm. for the Bundesliga... That clashes with the FA Cup, and and on a normal Saturday morning, whether it's the nine thirty mm-hmm. kickoff or the 
the twelve thirty kickoff, um, etc. Uh, it clashes exactly with the Premier League. And, and most of the listeners who are, or most of the viewers who are English language fans of soccer, when they're making a decision on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning uh, to choose, they'll they'll look at La Liga, they'll look at Serie A, they'll look at the Bundesliga. But there, a lot of them are invested in the Premier League. They're invested because they've been fans for maybe mm-hmm. a, a decade, or maybe a couple of decades, or maybe four or five years uh, and they, they're invested in that team in the in the storylines and for Fox and the Bundesliga there's really more of a Bundesliga problem for the Bundesliga to go ahead and actually make any changes to make some some leaps or it's it requires so much it, it requires actually changing the schedule and the Bundesliga and, and you know the German soccer fans are very very they're, they're not going to change even the Monday broadcasts of the games there have been protests about Monday games of the Bundesliga and that's the Bundesliga trying to change things, trying to make themselves uh, more appealing to a global audience for a Monday game. That, that's that's a good opportunity for for television. Same um, thing with La Liga. <laughs> I mean, there was a protest on Monday as well in La Liga yeah. about Monday night Monday night games, and and, and uh, La Liga's actually bent over so much. That, I mean, they go to the other extreme oh, yeah. that they've bent over so much that they've compromised their fans. I mean. Uh, th- there was a couple of years back. I think there was a Copa del Rey match that began at midnight. Time. Yep, and you're like a midweek. I'm talking about it's like uh, <laughs> no, you know, it, 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 or you know, and or you have a 10:30, 11 o'clock kickoff midweek, and you're like you're killing the audience, especially if they're kids, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. Yeah, but in some ways though too, you can look at La Liga and say actually it's worked globally from a television perspective. Is be- they've become more more relevant, they've become more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the US has, has challenges because of distribution with being sports, but for the most part, La Liga is more prominent now. Um, and it's hot on the tails of the Premier League. And uh, But yeah, but to, you mean, the fans are the ones that actually have been on the receiving end of, you mean, being very difficult in terms of, you mean, kickoff times or, you mean, changing, you mean, it, it's so random with the, uh, with the La Liga. But, um, but, but let's move on to a list of a mailbag. Uh, first up is Jason Ryder. Uh, he says, I have a, f- a question for the podcast. Now we are going through the fourth round and the fifth round draw. What are your impressions of the FA Cup so far this year? I am loving it myself. Arsenal, Everton, Liverpool and Spurs are all out. And we got another lucky draw with Man United playing Chelsea opening up even more. I think at this point we could see a final between Man City and the, and the United Chelsea winner. But it's looking good that we will see two smaller clubs making it to the semi-finals, and of course, you never know if the matchup I just mentioned gets drawn in the sixth round or semi-finals. I love that t- these cup tournaments has has no seeding. Newport County is treated equally as Man United. And Jason, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, this year, more than any other, it seems that uh, more and more Premier League uh, teams get knocked out, partly because there have been. Um, picked to play each other in the draws so you mean two teams come up against each other one goes out also there has been some some great upsets too um of course Wimbledon beaten West Ham and Millwall beaten Everton um and so on and so forth but uh this season I mean ESPN plus is extremely lucky but to me this has been one of the best FA Cups in a few years and um yeah I can play it's at least gained a great deal of interest oh for sure or more interest and you haven't heard that, oh, you know, the, the FA Cup is dying, you know, that whole narrative going on. This year, you, you've actually seen, in essence, and I hate to use the cliche, the magic of the FA Cup as far as <laughs> uh, a resurrection, if you will, of the tournament, which really never needed resurrection. It was always there to begin with. Absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah, I completely agree, 100% there. Uh, JP says, interesting discussion last week on the reader comment on La Liga TV. If the leagues are already producing their own content for worldwide distribution, Kartik mentions the Premier League too, and the future of distribution appears to be streaming, how far away are we from the various leagues bypassing traditional networks and selling the matches, studio shows as a standalone app that can be viewed online or streamed to TV via the Roku, Fire, etc.? Sure, the risk would fall on them in regards to how many will subscribe to make it profitable. Currently, they receive millions slash billions as part of three-year contracts for the networks to assume the the risk of profitability. But I wonder if it will come to a point when they believe they can go go in the standalone route Will be will be more lucrative in terms of subscriber fees and any advertising they can sell around the matches slash shows. That that in itself, right there, Juan is uh, is a topic for another podcast. We can do a whole show on that one. Um, yeah, but but but, yeah. but in essence, he, he's right. I mean, it, it, but it's not only just uh, it's not only just uh, La Liga. Well, I mean, La, La Liga not only are doing La Liga TV. They they've already hired their own commentators. And they're affiliating with certain production companies, in this case, Media Pro, to be able to do their productions. So, so they, you, you might have the Premier League their own production, but La Liga, and uh, even even Brazil, Brazil has a Global that they affiliate themselves with. Spain now with Media Pro because uh, they've they've they hired a group of commentators for for La Liga matches. Not only just La Liga, but also second division as well. And if you even want to go to a more regional type of tournament, Copa Libertadores just also hired Media Pro as well to be able to do their productions out of Buenos Aires. So whatever you've been seeing the past few days out of BN, everything is being produced from Buenos Aires and being sent worldwide, both in English, Spanish and Portuguese. And that's the thing about La Liga is they're definitely trailblazers mm-hmm. in terms of technology. Uh, if mm-hmm. in the near future La Liga said, you know what, we, we, we just want to do a direct-to-consumer deal. We want to go ahead and bypass say, the BN Sports of the world, uh, which is essentially mm-hmm. a middleman. But La Liga says, okay, we're going to direct, uh, we're going to basically have our La Liga TV and our La, La Liga games available directly to consumers to subscribe through Roku, Fire, you know, all, all kind of all the streaming devices and smartphones, etc. Mm-hmm. They could do it. The, ch- the challenge is, is in terms of how much revenue can they generate versus going through, say, a BN Sports and all the other uh, TV uh, broadcasters. And, and, and at some point in time, that equation becomes we can actually make more money going direct to the consumer. Uh, but it relies on the consumer to be the type of person that says, you know, I'm, I'm willing to subscribe to La Liga TV to have mm-hmm. access to all the games. Um, I see it happening more on that kind of level rather than on a club by club basis level. Uh, club by yeah. club, it, it gets it's even more riskier um, in terms of you mean. It, there's a lot to streaming, a lot to there's a lot of conflicts. Oh yeah, oh big time, <laughs> yeah, a big ton time. Of conflicts there, you know. But also even I mean, t- in terms of technology too. I mean, being able to actually yeah. be at a level where you, you can, uh, ins- and we've seen with big companies such as Bleacher Report, Turner Sports, or mm-hmm. Fox issues with streaming. You really have to know the technology in order to make it work. Yeah, and, and I mean again, how much overhead is you know, for lack of a better term, how much overhead is going to to have to be invested upon in order to make this happen. And, and, right. and that's where you see places like Media Pro as well as on the other end, places like DAZN mm-hmm. as well. You know, it's not just tooting their horn. It's just the reality of, of where, where the industry is heading and, and how, it will, 
how it will benefit and how it will, it will affect uh, on both ends and seeing, seeing how you can find a happy medium between the two. Absolutely. Next up is Monty. He says, uh, I have also enjoyed the La Liga TV on Sling World Sports. My only issue is the TV guide in Sling TV does not tell us what is on. I did not even know about the Viva La, La Liga show. Uh, so after listening to the podcast, I went back and watched the show and I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, Monty, the same thing happened with me with uh, with Fubo TV too, where if you go into the programming guides, um, it's sometimes hard to find La, La Liga TV. What I do oftentimes is either go into the search uh, section and just type in La Liga TV and it comes up. It's easier to find it that, that way sometimes. Or I'll just go through the BN Sports Connect channels and just go from channel to channel to channel until I find La Liga TV. And at that point, then you know, I just leave it on for an hour or two and watch it. But um, as we said in the last week's podcast, highly recommended if you're a fan of La Liga. It's just uh, fantastic television and, and coverage that they do there. Uh, Soccer Thoughts says, uh, hey, guys, so I have Comcast and I noticed that FS2 was recently added to my, my package. Do you know how many how, how many more subscribers the network has? I usually use uh, Fox Sports Go app. So I was surprised when a Bundesliga game on FS2 was available to watch. And uh, FS2, yeah, so in certain markets nationwide um, with Comcast, they've been adding FS2. Um, so in markets, I think in the northeast and in the northwest, where before you didn't have access to FS2, uh, if you check, you probably now have that. Uh, we've had FS2 down here in South Florida, at least where I live, for, for quite some time through Comcast. Um, in terms of the other question, how, how many more subscribers? As far as I know, there hasn't been much of an increase. And um, I think FS2 was about 50 million uh, subscribers. So far less than, say, FS1 or ESPN2, but uh, still small potatoes roughly when, uh, in terms of the, the big uh, sports networks. Chris Whittingham says, um, can they show the whole Sky Sports News on NBC Gold? I'd be glued the whole day if that was offered. I also think uh, offering Sky Sports Premier League a, gold cha- uh, a channel I absolutely mm-hmm. loved in the UK uh, would be an amazing offering to NBC Sports Gold. That's a good question. I mean, that that sounds interesting. And by the way, I, I, I actually, now leading to this, it helps me answer a question that I was asked before, because I was asked at one point, hey, you know, you talk about a, lot, a lot about a commentators and this and the other. And so, so which young American commentators would you be recommending? Ladies and gentlemen, that young man right there, Chris Whittingham. He, he yeah. To me, he's going to be one of the bright, he, he's one of the bright young and upcoming commentators as far as football is concerned i don't say it to kiss his ass i say it because to be honest with you he is he's very good at what he does and and as far as young ones up and coming he he's pretty much at the top of my list yeah and chris definitely is a scholar of the game in terms of uh reading the game and and Mm -hmm. always trying to improve his craft and uh Mm -hmm. in answer to chris's question yeah i i i wouldn't be surprised if nbc sports goal says you know what we're we're gonna add sky sports news to it on a daily basis um just to add to the value of that streaming service the big question is is in terms of how many how many people tune in today for the uh, Sky Sports News transfer deadline day, uh, what those viewing numbers are, which will give an indication to NBC whether or not it w- it's worth adding Sky Sports News to NBC Sports Gold. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Now, will people will people subscribe just for that? I mean, it would be it would be great ideal for them, but I, I know, think it's I, something that, that yeah, I think some people would subscribe. Uh, 
purely just for the Sky Sports News and, and forget the, mm-hmm. the Premier League. They say, okay, I, I'm subscribing because of Sky Sports News. Um, as someone who's watched Sky Sports News for yeah. for years, um, it's it gets old after a while because I'm not a big fan of Sky Sports News uh, myself um, for many, many different reasons. But um, it, it, for a transfer deadline day, it's great, but yeah, it, it can mean, get old I mean, pretty it, fast. It, it, it can, yeah. I mean, just just for the basics alone, from from what you know. I mean, I, I've also seen it quite a bit in the past few years. After you know, it's just the same news cycle going over and over again. Yeah. So after a while, it gets repetitive. You don't get any any news stories until you have to wait maybe an entire news cycle or two to be able to get something like that. Of course, there's other reasons uh, why, but first and foremost, just to start that, you know, I could I could only be able to watch it maybe one hour a day if that. <laughs> Yeah, same same I mean, here that, too. Me. Same that's here. Me. You know, I, I'm the same way too. Just because it, it then becomes yeah. very repetitive. It's the same news stories being repeated every every hour, and it's like okay, there's mm-hmm. nothing going on, and it yeah, it just feels that they're just you know mm-hmm. trying to make it exciting. And it's good. It's good background uh, channel to have on if you're mm-hmm. you know working and you have it on in the background. If something does happen, then you'll see the breaking news thing. But for mm-hmm. the most part, um, it's 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 unnecessary. I think for the most part. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, uh, Robert Hay says, uh, so do you think everyone is underestimating Flow Sports as a player in the U.S. soccer streaming market? Uh, my answer to that one, Robert, and to listeners would be that uh, I, think, I think everyone's overestimating Flow Sports. Um, what we don't know is in terms of what their long-term vision is. Um, so, yes, they've acquired local, t- uh, local rights to DC United, and now they have the CONCACAF Nations League. Uh, maybe they have bigger goals, um, but at the end of the day, I think what it is is that Flow Sports has has money, so they have investment, and money talks. So if you're willing to put down ten million dollars plus on the Concacaf Nations League, uh, and they think that's a viable product to acquire to be able to to generate enough income to make that profitable, um, more power to them. But I think in some ways we're overestimating Flow Sports in that there's no track records. They have not done any soccer coverage before. So, um, so I think it's to me at least I'm I'm seeing it as uh, we're kind of uh, overestimating their ability. But I guess we'll have to wait and see and see how they yeah, do. It, it, as of right now, I don't I don't think anyone's underestimating or overestimating. I mean, you, it's difficult to to really get a gauge on 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 a virtually unknown commodity. You can't really yeah. get a grasp on it. I mean, if, if if you know, so far, yeah, the intentions are good. But if if it's solely based on two things, yeah, then people are overestimating. If it's based on what they can do, then may, maybe it can be a player in two to five years from now. It's it's something that you have to wait and see. What other? I mean, as far as products are concerned, products attract product, brand attract brand. And if, if they didn't have anything, then it would be very difficult to kind of get that sales pitch going. Once they have the CONCACAF, the Nations League, once they have DC United, and then they start attracting other things, then we can start really making it a player. But until right now, I mean, it's it's, it's rather, you know, the jury can still be out until till MLS begins, until March begins, because that's really mm-hmm. when, when their products, you know, come to life, like when DC United starts playing. Also, when you know Nations League pretty much starts the last round prior to the Gold Cup. 
Exactly. Yeah. For me, the, the name bothers me though too. Every time I hear well, flow, flow sports, I think of flow yeah. from progressive. I mean, that, that, that's all I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, I, no, I, I think about flow in, in, in Caribbean. Okay. I think about flow, you know, because, because yeah, they, they've, become, they've become a big player as far as, as distribution rights in, in the Caribbean. They've had some troubles as well. But uh, they, they, they're the ones that had the Premier League. They're the ones that had some of the, the bigger properties as far as football rights were concerned. And they, they became one of the big or they became the big competitor alongside Sportsmax as far as that's concerned. And uh, they did what right. Sportsmax did for the World Cup, which was go digital and go as far as mobile phones. That's where they started going and really started gaining some traction as well. So. And that's, Could it be that? Could it be eleven? That's that's still to be seen. Yeah, and and that's a different flow than than this flow for, for flow sports. Exactly. But but, but it, the, the possibilities are endless, especially when it comes to digital and streaming. And mm-hmm. uh, if you have investment, which it sounds like flow sports does, so mm-hmm. uh, another one that we'll have to wait and see what happens there. So you can always reach us through email at um, web at worldsoccertalk.com as well as on facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk and on twitter at worldsoccertalk if you have any questions uh, advice rants and raves you agree with us disagree with us whatever it may be as long as it relates to soccer media we'd, we'd love to read that out on air plus of course you can always post comments on worldsoccertalk.com Juan, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed uh, having these discussions and uh, learning some more insights in terms of uh, what you've been working on, but also in terms of uh, some of your mm-hmm. expertise in the industry. Where can listeners go ahead and find out more about you and, and uh, subscribe to any of the services or any of the, uh, the interviews, etc., that, that you do? Uh, well, right now, obviously, as I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, uh, uh, my podcast uh, over on Beyond the Pitch um, which you can go, be, um, you know, pretty much at Beyond the Pitch. You can listen to all the interviews that we've that we've had so far. Um, as, as you know, Phil, as well as myself, uh, Roberto Rojas, the gentleman that broke the the um, the Miguel Almiron story as far as going to Newcastle, yep. and also a doppelganger for him. He, he was also uh, doing that podcast as well. And uh, of course, we also have a Spanish version of Beyond the Pitch as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Juan G underscore Arango. Um, obviously you can read all my, my information, my column and everything over at Diario Sport in Barcelona. I'll be actually, I'm going to be switching from football to football this weekend as I have to do a write up on the Super Bowl. So, so, uh, that'll be interesting. And also I do a lot of NBA now for, for them as well. Um, I also have a Patreon account. You can go to, um, I'll, I'll put, I'll put that up as far as uh, my social media as well. And I'll, I'll let you know that to subscribe for, you know, articles, translations, interviews that I do, things of that nature that I do within that service as well. And, uh, I mean, I do stuff for DAZN. Uh, I'm actually doing tennis for the University of Miami and the ACC, ne- ACC Network. Uh, that'll be exciting as well. And a uh, whole, whole lot of things. So yep. uh, I'm really looking forward to everything that's coming as far as the year is concerned. Uh, all good. And, and, of course, there's a lot of things that people are fearful about, but then there's also things that people need to be looking forward to as well. And DAZN, of course, has the Asian Cup final on, on Friday, uh, Qatar against Japan there, I think at 9 mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning for the final. So mm-hmm. if anyone's interested in watching that one, it is available through DAZN. And they have a 30-day free trial, so that, that, that always helps. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. You can get a new episode of the World Soccer Talk podcast every Thursday. 
Every episode is released on SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, AudioBoom, and WorldSoccerTalk.com. If you like the show, share it with your friends on social media and give us a review on iTunes. And looking ahead to another, what we hope will be another great week of uh, football from around the world. Enjoy your football. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.